Canby New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. They give you a, a little lesson, a little message here today out of Acts chapter 8. And uh, we're going to look at this. It's a passage of Scripture we've already studied, and I think it's okay. I don't do this too often where we talk about something and come back to it. And uh, we're going to have the, everything on the screen in just a moment as well. But we want you to know this, that there are things that you'll go over and you'll read it. I do this. I'll read certain things and think, wow, I'd like to go back to this. There's just great, some great stories there. There's some great things going on in this particular story. It's one that we did, I think, a few weekends ago. But what I want to do is... Even though it's the same scripture, I want to I give a different application today. The application is really very simple. It has to do with you and me, all of us, sharing our faith, sharing what we know, our story. This is what statistics tell us. They tell us when you receive Christ, then in about 18 months, you're pretty much cut off from the whole uh, world around you, those that don't believe in Christ anymore, because you're, you're, now, you're now in your own little circles. And there's a balance here. There's a tension. You, you need to be in places where you can grow and you can be encouraged, but you always want to stay connected. And so how does that happen? I mean, what does that look like? And, and in this chapter, in Acts chapter 8, we're going to read a story about Philip the Evangelist. And there's a, reason, there's a reason he's called an evangelist is because he did just that. But the way that he goes about his business, the way that he lives his life is really amazing to me. And when you first read it, you're going, well, that's pretty good. But there's, there's things there that are subtle that really need to be pulled out because they make all the difference in the world on how we speak, how we communicate, how we do what we do. Again, uh, this scripture in Acts 8, verses 26 through 40, it's where Philip had a divine appointment with a man from Ethiopia. And the lesson that I'm looking for and the lesson that I want to learn from in this story has to do with what do I say and how do I, how do I share my faith in a way that connects people with me so that I can connect them with Christ. Now, I don't want you to skip over this. You have to hear this. The connection that people have with you, the connection they have with me is vital. And oftentimes we think, well, there are other ways to do this. No, you're integral in all of this. God has made it that way. You don't get a free pass out of this. He's using you and wants to use you so that when people make connection to you, then you can connect them to Jesus Christ. Now, I grew up in a home with a, a coach. He was a, he's a great coach. My dad's coached everything, baseball, football, basketball, two uh, or three boys, Three boys, and I've said this before, three boys born in two years and two months. I do believe that's against the law now, but it wasn't back then. It almost drove my mom crazy. But my dad and my brothers were all living in it. They still look at me. I'm the oldest. And so whenever I tell them to do something or ask them to do it, they're always going, okay, is he messing with us? What's he going to do? Is he going to hit me if I walk by? You know, there's, all, there's still that stuff happening, and we're grown men now, but, but that's the kind of competition that goes on. And so in our house, it was just, <laughs> there was always stuff happening, always stuff happening. I think one of the favorite things that my dad did was coach third base when we played baseball. And I remember, I remember when he coached third base, there were just three, if you don't know anything about baseball, there are three things, basic things a third base coach knows what to do. One is to hold you up on third base. Two is to go like this, slide. And three is this, go home. This is my favorite right here. 
This is my favorite. But what you do when you're running the bases and when you touch second base, they always say, pick up the third base coach. Pick up the third base coach. So when you make the turn, you're looking to see what that third base coach is telling you. I hated this. I hated it. I hated, stop, don't, you gotta stay. I love this. I like slide because there's contact. You can whack into people and I didn't mind that kind of thing. But, but, but I wanted to get this sign. And the reason I did is because I, I got to go. I got to run all the way through. And I recognize that my responsibility as a believer is just that. It's like a third base coach. How important is that? It's important. You've got to make that connection. But what I want to do, what I always want to do, is point them home. Because home is where the relationship is. Home is where you meet Jesus. Man, they may see me and, and make connection with me, but man, I like this one right here. Go on home. Go on home. There's a relationship there that we can live for. There's a relationship there that blesses our lives, that nourishes and enriches us. It's that kind of relationship. So as those that are believers in Jesus, when you're wanting to help somebody, just wait. Keep, a third base coach, wave them home. Let them know the Lord. Because that's our responsibility. That's what we want to do. How do we make that happen? Well, here in Acts chapter 8, it's a great passage of Scripture, and I want you to look at it with me. It starts at verse uh, 26 in Acts chapter uh, 8, verses um, uh, 26 through 40. So what it says to us is something about uh, Philip here. And remember, we called him the evangelist. We're saying, you are the evangelist. You're the one here. You're teaching us things. And I want you, as we read this, there's something I want you to pay attention to. You're going to recognize that Philip has the fingerprints of Jesus on his life. He's been hanging around Jesus. You can tell. When you read this story, you're going, wow, he's been hanging around Jesus. He's been hanging around Jesus because he's doing the, the same things that Jesus did. And beginning at verse 26, listen to the story. I'll read it to you again. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. So he arose and he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come from Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. And so Philip ran to him and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you're reading. Hmm. And he said, how can I unless somebody guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him in the chariot. Uh, the place in the scripture which he was reading was this, and, and it said this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may be baptized. I love that. He's giving him a great response there. He's letting him know which direction he needs to go and how he needs to live his life. And, and he said, I do. This is the way he answered. I do. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he was baptized. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Astos, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. In modern day, where he ended up was kind of in the Gaza Strip there. So if you're looking at a map of the Middle East, you look, you look on that map, you go uh, southwest. And so he was, had time travel. He was translated to this part, and he worked his way up to a place in Caesarea. And the place in Caesarea is where great King Herod the Great built this great summer palace right on the ocean. It's beautiful. And you read about other places where that's mentioned. Uh, Paul gives his, uh, his defense between for Felix right there in Caesarea. So he works his way up, but what it doesn't tell us is what he was doing on his way to Caesarea. I want to know that. I really do. I, I think one of the first things I do when I get to heaven is say, what was he doing? I mean, I, it doesn't say here, but I, I'm sure he was telling people about Jesus Christ, Philip the evangelist. He had to be doing that. And, and that was in his heart. That was his passion. He loved to do it. It doesn't give us an account of those conversations, but I know he's having conversations like that with more people. Not just this Ethiopian, or Ethiopian, but other people. He's wanting to share his faith. He's wanting to tell his story to people who God sends him to. You know, this passage of Scripture reminds us of where we stand in sharing our faith as well. I know there's been a lot of talk about how to do this. I know I grew up hearing different ways to share your faith. And typically what gets our attention are the extremes. There's one extreme where people yell all the time. You hear them yelling out their faith. They're yelling at people. They're, Listen, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a yeller. I don't, I don't get into that. That's not my gig. And, and I haven't seen it work a lot. And then there are people on the other extreme who just don't say anything about their faith. They, 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 they have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but they keep it to themselves. Listen, while your relationship with Jesus Christ is very personal, it's never private. There's a balance here that we need to find, and I think you find it in this story right here. This story is a great example for us to follow in sharing our faith with others. And I think there are three principles about being a witness that we can learn from this passage, and I want to tell you what they are. Number one is this. Always, always follow the leading of God's Spirit. Now you see that's what's happening here with Philip. He's following the leading of the Spirit of God. And I can say this to you, I can say this with great confidence, that if you follow the leading of God's Holy Spirit, there will always be fruit. It may not be what you want at the time. The outcome may not always be exactly what you want, but I can tell you this, there'll always be fruit, and it'll be eternal fruit because you're listening to the Spirit of God. Good things happen when you do that. We, we, we live in a world, literally millions of people today, who can be identified as seekers. They're looking for some sort of spiritual fulfillment. They have a void. There's an emptiness, and they, they, they want God. They want to be filled. They just don't know how to find it all together. Some go to Buddhism. Some go to Hinduism. Some go to other places to look to see how they can get this filled. But I'm going to tell you, if you're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, God will do one of two things. God will lead these people to you, or you will be led to them one, one way or another. People find Jesus Christ. That's what I love about it. You know, there, there was a time when I was growing up that they used the, they used the fear tactic. Have you, you, maybe you've heard this before. If you don't tell them right now, they're going to die. I'm thinking, oh my gosh. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a heavy load to carry. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you something. God has all this in his own hands. I mean, hey, there's people I've been talking to for 30 years. They haven't died yet. They're still here on planet Earth. That's great. I can tell you this. The Lord doesn't use fear. He doesn't use death to leverage things. He has a plan for everyone's life. Everyone in this room. Everyone on planet Earth. He has a plan for them. And he uses life to bring them into that plan. So he brings them in according to his mercy and according to his grace. And it's wonderful. My brother called me the other day. It was just two days ago. And he said, hey. He said, Ronnie, man, I got a guy coming that you know. He wants to come up and hang out with you and me and my other brother, Randy. I said, really? I said, I haven't, I haven't seen this guy in 35 years. I mean, I, I met him in second grade, and we went all the way through high school together, and I haven't seen him in, in that period of time. And I said, he really wants to come up here? And he goes, yeah. I said, does he know what I do? He goes, yeah, he knows what you do. And I said, well, this is great. So we get to hang out. We're going to hang out. Yeah. And, and I've, I've prayed for this guy. I've talked to this guy about the Lord before a long, long time ago. And, and now in a couple of weeks, we're just going to spend time. We're going to hang out together. And the reason we're going to get to do that, I believe with all my heart, is God has a plan for this guy. Listen, it's the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to continue to be sensitive to the Spirit of God when we share our faith. Now, notice how Philip approached the Ethiopian. I love this. He asked him a simple, non-threatening question. Please don't miss this. He says, do you understand what you're reading? I love that. Man, the guy is getting right into the door. What's so great about this is you see him running, man. And he's trying to catch up with this chariot. And he gets there and he just stands there. And then he says, come on up. And then he goes, do you know what you're reading? And I think, wow, he's been hanging out with Jesus because Jesus did the same thing. One of the favorite stories in the Bible for me is blind Bartimaeus. He's sitting by this wall. He can't see, and he yells out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And his entourage, Jesus' entourage, those disciples said, hey, leave him alone. He's got more important things to do. And Jesus says, no, bring him to me. And what does Jesus say to him when he came? He said, what is it? that I can do for you. That's a page right out of the book of Jesus right there. Philip is doing the same thing. He's saying, do do you you understand what you're reading? Listen, I, I think when we talk to people, we just need to know that God's already gone ahead. Philip understood that sharing his faith was not a confrontation as much as it was communication. Do you know how people are affirmed when you have conversation, when you actually ask them questions and listen Sharing my faith isn't a monologue. It's a relationship that involves communication. Just talking, just sharing, just putting things out there, having dialogue. And what I need to remember is this story right here because it's a perfect example. Philip answers this man's question. And and, and, and he says, hey, listen, let me talk to you about this. We're told, listen, we're told that oftentimes we we shouldn't answer questions. We should just stay with the script. Listen, there is no script here except to communicate, to have a relationship. And that's what Philip does so well here. We need to remember that we don't have a message to sell. We don't have a message to yell. We have a message to tell. And we don't have to force it on anybody against their will. Witnessing is not putting square pegs into round holes and trying to force something to happen that wasn't meant to happen. If we're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, He will lead us to those who are already listening. And we need to have confidence in the work of God, in God's Holy Spirit. 
Because God wants to use you, but he's already speaking. We talked about that before. And so secondly, not only do we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, but the second thing in this story that stands out to me is tell them who Jesus is. And that's what Philip, that's one of my favorite lines in there. He just started talking about Jesus. And I think the, even the, the, the name here means something. He didn't say Messiah. He didn't say Christ. He didn't say the Lord of the universe. He just said Jesus. You know when he said that? I think there's something personal. Doesn't that sound personal? It's like, well, well let me tell you about Jesus. And this guy's listening. He's all ears. And what does he do? He tells them about Jesus because who is our Savior? It's Jesus. Who is the hope of the ages? It's Jesus. Who is the one who died for our sins? It's Jesus. Who do we focus on in our faith? It's Jesus. Who is the creator of the universe? It's Jesus. So who is our ultimate judge? It's Jesus Christ. It is Jesus that we need to tell others about. This is what Philip did. He kept the main thing the main thing. And I need to encourage you to do the same. There's a lot of directions we can go. We can talk about the woes of the world. We can talk about the evils that are out there. Listen, it doesn't mean that we don't have responsibility and even a right to be good citizens. But this isn't about all of that. This is about keeping the main thing the main thing. It's about talking about Jesus. Getting people to the place where they understand Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what Philip did here. And I, I really think this. I, I believe this with all of my heart. This is where the church in a lot of ways has dropped the ball. We talk a lot about family values. We talk a lot about other things. We talk a lot about politics. And I think that's fine and dandy. That's wonderful. But listen, if it takes away from the message of Jesus Christ, we need to stop and reevaluate what we're about. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 said, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Verse 35, in this text, Philip began with the passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus Christ. You know, it isn't all about what we're against. Are we inviting people into a relationship? I do. I get tired of all the things we're against, all the things we can't stand, all the things out there that we should... I mean, I, I understand that. We should be aware of that. But what are we inviting people into? We're inviting them into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. I heard a story, and it took place a long time ago in the, in the 50s. It really made sense to me. In the 50s, the great fear of the world was communism. Some of you, I am old enough to remember crawling under my desk in these bomb uh, little mock things they did. And I was only in second grade. And even in second grade, I thought, does somebody really think a desk is going to keep a bomb from blowing me up here? I mean, you know, I mean, you, know you think that. And they had you crawl under your desk and go, <sighs> you, know, you did all the breathing exercises. I'm saying, oh, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. But it was communism. So even back then, the church would talk about communism and how bad communism was. And this pastor had a revival, and this guy came, and he preached about the ills and evils of communism. And when it came time to give an invitation, nobody came. About the third night, he was so frustrated, he asked the pastor, he says, why isn't anybody coming? He says, what do you want them to come to? You want them to sign up with the FBI, or what do you want? Because you're not inviting them to Jesus Christ. We need to invite people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And again, does this mean that Christians should ignore political and social issues? No, of course not. Again, we have a right and a responsibility. But our mission's a spiritual one. It's not political. It's not economical. It affects all those things. But our mission is a spiritual mission. 
Our mission is to help people connect with Christ. We don't do that through hostile confrontation, but through loving communication. And that's why we go to the third thing. And the third thing here is to let people respond. I think that's the beauty of this story. That what Philip does is he lets people respond. He lets the Ethiopian respond. It says in verses 36 and 37, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered, and, and I get blessed every time I read this, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The only way he could know that is by God. I believe in the Son of God. Philip was letting him respond and the Ethiopian made the decision. Don't don't forget this. It was the Ethiopian that made the decision. He willfully came in to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Philip didn't push him into it. In fact, when I read this again, Philip qualified the decision. It was like, okay, you're asking for this, but hold off, just a second. Let's make sure we have everything clear here. That's what he does. And what does he say? In essence, what he's saying is there's no point in doing this. Really, there's no point in doing this at all unless you're serious about putting your faith in Christ. And then the Ethiopian assured Philip that he was very serious about his decision. The principle that we learn from this is that we must respect the fact that this is an individual's decision whether or not they follow Christ. This is a personal decision. This is a decision you can only make for yourself. No one else can make that decision for you. Your parents can't, your mom, your dad, your spouse. No one can make this church. Nobody can make that decision for anyone. It's designed so individuals make these decisions. And this is what he's talking about in this story. He's letting the Ethiopian respond. And he says, yes, I I am serious. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I love to tell the story. It was our first assignment as uh, Foursquare Ministers, we were assigned as youth pastors in Winston, Oregon. And I think there were probably 2,000 people in the town. It was during the, 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 the logging industry was going up, you know, belly up. And we went, and they, they announced that we were coming. I mean, really, you know, they, said, they talked for three weeks. We have new youth pastors that are coming from Life Bible Colleges, a big deal. And so we had our first youth meeting, and I'm waiting for the kids to come, and one guy walks into the room, one guy. And he, and he walks in, and right then, the Lord just was testing my heart. He said, how are you going to treat this guy? How are you going to love this guy? Because, and I, I, really, I really heard the Lord say this. He said, because listen, you can't have a lot if you're not good with a little. I'm not giving you any more if you're not good with this. And you know what we did? We sat down, and we talked for about an hour and a half. We cried, we talked, we prayed together, and it was a great conversation. And when the conversation was over, I said, oh, great, well, I'll see you next week at, at the youth meeting. And he said, well, that's, I forgot to tell you. He said, I, I'm leaving to go to college, and I won't be here. So my youth group went from one to like a goose egg. I mean, it was all done. And I thought, what am I going to do? I, I want to do this. I want to talk to kids. I want people to know about Jesus. So I thought, well, I'll go to the high schools, David Douglas High School down there in Winston. And so I went in, and the people you have to talk to are like vice principals. I think they take lessons from the FBI and from, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're the gatekeepers of discipline. 
And I went in, he said, sit down. I sat down, and I gave him this pitch. I said, listen, I really want to come on the campus, and I promise I'm not going to come and, and thump the Bible. I'm not going to stand on a podium or anything like that. What I plan to do is I'll come and just hang out, but when someone asks me, why am I here, I'll tell them. Well, he just kept looking at me, and he didn't, he didn't have any facial expression, nothing. He just kept staring at me, and I'm thinking, okay, here it is. He's going to show me the door. I'll never, ever set foot on this campus again. You know what he did? He stood up, and he looked at me, and he stuck his hand across the desk, and he said, you know what? I've been waiting for someone just like you. I said, really? He said, yeah, I was just saved eight weeks ago. And he goes, we need this on our campus. He goes, now, you got to follow the rules. I said, I'll follow the rules. And so I went on the campus, hung around at lunchtime. Two weeks had gone by. No one asked the question. I'm just hanging out. No one's asking me, what are you doing here? No one asked that. And then about two weeks had gone by, and this guy walks up. He was the meanest looking. He was the baddest looking. I knew what he did. He was a, he was a drug dealer in that whole area. And he walked up, and he looked at me, and he says, what are you doing here? And I thought, whoa, that's not the way I thought I'd hear it. You know, I wanted, what are you doing here? Boy, we're glad to see you. He goes, what are you doing here? And I said, well, uh, let me talk to you. I didn't sound this calm, but that's what I did. I said, let me talk to you. So we went aside and I said, listen, this is what I'm doing here. I just came to share my faith in Jesus Christ with you. And I was waiting for someone to ask me. And you've asked me and I'm telling you. And this is what the process looks. And, and I talked to him and he goes, well, how do I do that? How do we get this done? And I said, do you want to know Jesus? He said, yeah. And I said, okay, let's do it. And he accepted Jesus right in the hallway, just kind of a little cope. He accepted Jesus right there. You know what he did? He had a twin brother. And he goes, hey, brother, get over here. I want you to listen. If you don't listen to him, I'm going to beat you up. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 you got to do this. It's an individual decision. You can't hold a gun to their head. You can't threaten them. You're going to beat them up. Everyone has to make their own decision. He goes, well, I'll, I'll get him if he doesn't. I said, just cool down. And he came over and his brother accepted the Lord. And they came to me and they said, how do we do this? We want to do what you're doing. And so they followed me around a few weeks. And they started telling all their buddies, hey, come over here. You know what happened? That, that, that whole area just had this revival. We had about 100, 150 kids that started showing up for, for youth group. It was because somebody made a decision, a willing decision to follow Jesus Christ. Do you know that young man is still there in that church? He's an elder in that church today. It's stuck. And I think the reason it's stuck is because he knew he was the one that made the decision. I think that's what this is all about, don't you? That you bring the message and you let people hear what Jesus is really all about and you let them, you let them make that decision. Listen, we can't force people into following Christ. We have to let them make the decision themselves. We can share with others. We can communicate with others. But the rest is up to the Lord and them. If we give others a chance to respond to the gospel and not just some slick sales pitch, not some canned message, they'll experience life-changing power of Jesus Christ firsthand. Firsthand. I know that's how my life changed. I know that's how I've seen others and their lives change as well. I want you to do this with me. Would you just for a moment, just bow your head and in just a moment we're gonna take communion together and, and I'll tell you about that in just a minute. But let's, uh, let's just, 
Let's just bow our heads right now. You know, I've told a story. I'm so glad for the simple stories here because if it was complicated, I don't think I could follow it that much. But it's really a, a, a good, simple story that tells us a few things. First of all, follow the Holy Spirit. Tell people about Jesus and let, him, let people respond. Today, if you're here and you need to just respond, maybe you've never responded to the Lord before and you want to do that, it's a decision that you have to make. And the way we're going to do that is I'm going to, I'm going to just pray and I'm going to ask everyone in this room to pray this prayer. And after we're done, if you've prayed that prayer in earnest, that you want to receive the Lord in your heart, I'm going to ask, everyone's going to keep their head bowed, their eyes closed, I'm going to ask that you just lift your hand. I'm not going to point you out or embarrass you or call you up. I'm not going to do any of that. But you can and you need to just make that confession. Yeah, that's what I did today. Follow me. The prayer goes like this. Dear Jesus, I recognize that I need you. And I make that decision to invite you into my life. So today I confess with my mouth. Today I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Still you can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503-266-4444. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff, along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope. Thank you.